When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Network rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Checking the college basketball scoreboard where nearing halftime, LSU leads Missouri 34-12. Congratulations on Missouri getting past uh, the 10-point mark in the first half. With 10 minutes left, they had only scored six. Um, LSU, uh, the second game today, where earlier A&M knocked off Florida in overtime on a last-second three. 0.4 seconds uh, left. And uh, the three went in, Florida sent home, and we await the, the future of Mike White as the Gators head coach there. Uh, Glad you're with us. We've got Armando Salguero, who's going to join us uh, from Outkick.com with the latest NFL headlines. He'll be with us in 20 minutes, and we'll continue to discuss all things college basketball. Dan Dockich and Trey Wallace will join us. Dockich up in Indy, and we have Trey in Tampa at the SEC tournament. Both will join us in hour number two. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be an NFL starter again. After backing up Josh Allen in Buffalo, and it's no surprise to, to the Bills, who openly said towards the end of the year they did not expect Trubisky to be back after signing a one-year contract. My question is, uh, how many teams are going to be in the bidding for him? Because there's still a handful of teams who are in need of a quarterback. Not just one, but in some cases two. And Trubisky's out there likely to have his pick among, I mean, just thinking through, thinking through the teams, Carolina. I know they have Darnold, but again, they need a quarterback. Carolina, New Orleans, um, those are the top two for me, but also you still have Indy. Um, who knows with some other trades that could Seattle. happen. Seattle for sure. Um, if, if Kirk Cousins gets traded, Minnesota. There, there are many factors to this, and I think if you sign Trubisky, you're also in line to potentially draft one of these rookies in the first or second round and you pair them together, and it's a similar scenario to what happened to him in Chicago. I put Cleveland there, too. Cleveland's I, I good. To I'll support. put Pittsburgh in there. I keep coming back to Trubisky's going to be playing for Pittsburgh for whatever reason. In my mind, I feel like they're going to draft a quarterback, but they're going to get Trubisky or someone, you said a, a bridge. Mm-hmm. I think Trubisky is that. He's a, he's a good bridge option. He's, just a, he's a good someone. quarterback. He's nothing yeah. great. Yeah, he's not a franchise quarterback, but I he's a good a bridge option for someone. I would, I could see him getting Pittsburgh to the playoffs. A lot of people would group him, fairly or not, with Bridgewater, which I think is kind of fair. I, I mean, I think Bridgewater no, I, can I'm, be. Stayed. I agree. Mariota, which I don't think is fair because I just don't think Mariota will stay healthy. I think you guys are probably with me on that. He can give you a yeah. couple of good games, but hell, he played one snap in that game last year. Took off. Uh, the Raiders had a big plan for him to supplement Carr. He went on a good run, and he got, he got hurt. Yep. And he was on the shelf for like nine weeks or something out of that. But I've got one more name that we haven't mentioned once who's another guy in this category as far as I'm concerned, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
he, he got hurt in the opener, and Washington was going to use him as a bridge guy last year. They didn't intend to go with uh, Heineke. Um, Is it weird and, that I just look, assume when I saw him shirtless in Buffalo for that playoff that, that game that done? his career was over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no, mean, it's, uh, maybe it's far I'm, from over. Maybe I'm crazy, but I see a guy, you know, just <laughs> pounding Molson Blues shirtless in freezing temperatures. And box, things. please. That's a guy who's no longer playing. Here's the thing about him. <laughs> I mean, when he's bad, he's really bad. But his highs are probably way bigger than anything Bridgewater or Trubisky is going to do. Well, you're describing that guy's capable of going out and throwing for 400 yards. You're describing Jameis Winston, who you hate. Yeah, I do hate. Well, James that's Winston. that's how I would describe Jameis Winston. He's yeah. hot or cold. Yeah, and that that's why he's at the top of many of these lists for that exact reason. Yeah. and when they Fitzpatrick, are cold, they will lose you games. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. They will throw it to the opposition. Multiple times, both of those guys. Well, I'm just adding one to oh, the yeah. list that's a little yeah, bit longer than we thought. He's been completely forgotten about because he's disappeared for 17 weeks, 16 weeks. Yeah, 17 weeks with a bye week in an 18-week season. So there's another one. And, and he's ideal if he's a guy who's playing you four games, you know, and you get the hot four games. It's, it's terrific. I'd like him here to, in Nashville, to be honest with you, if you're looking for, for that upgrade behind and you can only do so well. He's been here before under a different regime, but that wouldn't be a bad one to get yourself somebody between Logan Woodside and, and Ryan Tannehill. But no one's commanding, I don't think, the money. Trubisky's getting 10 Tr- million. He's looking for 10 least, million. At least, yeah. And I think with the teams involved, he could probably get that. The $10 million with incentives, and yeah. if he plays a lot for you and does See, well, he'll, he'll I think more. Here's what's about to happen whenever he signed. I think the team that signs him is going to uh, – it, it, it'll be through the media that, that brings this up. I'm just – I'm trying to mention it first. They're going to compare him to Ryan Tannehill in Miami and say, hey, what you thought of him in Chicago is not the guy that we just signed because here's the system and we're going to piece some things around him. And that's going to be the narrative of Mitchell Trubisky. Though Tannehill's peak in Miami was better than Trubisky's peak. Though Trubisky went to the playoffs a couple times and Tannehill did not. But Tannehill – Without looking at it, I'm going to say Tannehill's best season or seasons in Miami were better than Trubisky's. Now, that's warm weather, cold weather, and all of that. Uh, Tannehill flamed out, and they kind of got sick of him over time, and his chances were used up, whereas Trubisky was one contract and just with a bad organization and didn't ultimately live up to the billing. He, o- he's, overdrafted. A, he's a guy that in his career has thrown for a little over 3,000 yards a season, um, he and gets Tannehill had four thousand. He, right? he doesn't get um, well. Also, he doesn't get twenty touchdown passes a year, but he also doesn't have a lot of double digit interception seasons. Yeah. Like he's just big, very steady. Big difference too. Trubisky's twenty seven. Tannehill was thirty one. Yeah, when he came to Titans. So bigger body of work. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing Ryan about Tannehill. Trubisky. I think first and foremost, which he, could be also, by the way, a positive for Trubisky. He comes, you could point right. to that and say he, we really didn't see enough out of him in Chicago. He comes with the next best commodity to previous excellence. Hope, right? He's not so bad that you're like, oh, we got to settle for that guy. Comes in, and if you've got good quarterback coaching people, you say, maybe we can make something of him. Now, he could bomb or he could be good, but at least he gives you hope. Some of these other guys have been around there. Bridgewater, you know what he is, and he's been around. Mariota, you know the downside. Odds are he gets hurt. Fitzpatrick, we just said it. Like, oh, we're going to have some really good weeks where he's going to be the highest scoring guy in fantasy. And we're going to have some weeks where this guy just gives us no chance and bombs out. But Trubisky, we don't know. There's hope. 
Yeah, and he's the one guy that you feel like you don't have the full book on. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that exactly. Everybody else, you feel like, yeah, you, this guy kind of is who he is. Winston also. Winston, same thing. And, and with Trubisky, it's like, oh, can you get 3,800 yards? And can you get 25 touchdowns and only eight interceptions from him? Is he capable of that? Um, you know, that's why you would sign him to a $10 million a year type contract. I don't think it's a. I, I see this being like a three-year type contract with Trubisky. I think maybe um, even shorter if he's betting on himself. Uh, he'd he'd want another chance to get on. If he goes somewhere and does well, he want a chance to get on the market and make bigger money. Uh, so maybe maybe an option. Yeah, and then or, he hits free something. agency again by the time he's thirty-one, yeah. which is why he signed a one-year contract in Buffalo, was to just bridge it out and then get to get to free agency get to now. Um, but he's. He's the most talked about quarter, and, and, and the chatter on him, Paul, you said picked up a lot in Indy at, at the, the combine. combine. There were several people saying that he was more talked about than, than Pickett and Willis and anybody. And I think, I think with him, there's, I don't know how much of that negotiation took place last week. I'd say a lot. Um, I won't be surprised if he's among the first guys that we hear about signing or agreeing to terms on Monday whenever the open period begins for negotiation across the league, and then you have, you know, he's going to sign his contract whenever the, the yeah. March 16th, whenever the, the league year begins. And let's set straight, I mean, Monday, I'm, I really hate the uh, calling it the legal tampering period. It really is the start of free agency. I mean, yeah. Wednesday is no longer a big deal um, in terms of, of the kickoff of anything. Monday, if it's, if it's 48 hours before, and I think it is, Hutt, then Monday afternoon, you'll start hearing that people have agreed to deals and they just don't get signed till Wednesday. So Monday really is the start of free agency. Schefter and Rappaport and all those guys will start putting out. Hell, there'll be one at Monday at 3.01, if that's when it starts, that somebody's agreed to turn. So it really is like the, the official beginning of free agency. There's nothing pre about it anymore. First year, there was some feeling out, right? Second year, it opened up a little. Now it's just boom. Okay, we can't make it official till Wednesday, but it's a done, a done deal. Yeah, the news is still getting out. Right. You know, the, yeah. the, the NFL is still retweeting and, and plugging all of these trades that have taken place, and they're not official yeah, until next week. The team reporters week. can't write about it. Everybody else can. Yeah. <laughs> Jim so Wyatt weird. in town, if the Titans agree to a deal, is The team reporters can't do it, but the league can tweet it out, which is just bizarre yeah, to like me. with these trades. Yeah. The league can do whatever they want. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's the moral of the story here. They just do whatever they want. Doesn't matter. Trubisky uh, is going to be interesting, and it's funny because um, it's, it's hardly the biggest name. No, and I don't think he's a franchise changer yeah. um, because I think you're pairing him with a young quarterback, but he is at least the guy that we don't know how it fits with the offense that he's going to. And Let's he can pick be, teams he, for him. He can be very selective now, unlike being drafted to Chicago and then trying to find a place to just stay a year and uh, – Fit on uh, the, the next, the next, uh, the next go around. It had to be decent so, for Chicago to have taken him. He had to have had a good enough arm to be able to play at Soldier Field in their eyes. And we know it was a blown draft pick. I mean, they drafted him in the Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson year. Yes. Let's pick teams for him. Where do you think? I, I'm feeling like I mean, just we we already named them. Like, name the yeah. teams no, but that need name uh, the one. Where are you going to put them? You said Pittsburgh. You, you, of all the quarterbacks in now that Indy could have, which one would you fear the most? I mean, I could. I, I don't. 
I don't have the argument on paper in front of me. I could argue Trubisky over Garoppolo as an option for Indy. I don't think you fear any of these guys that we're talking about that are sort of the bridge options to get the guy. But I think there's an argument to be made for, for Trubisky right now uh, with a year where he hasn't played with not the same injury baggage as Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo certainly more accomplished and has done more with his previous team. But I'm going. I'm, I'm going. sure I'm, I could make that argument. I'm not saying I'm going to win that argument. I could make that argument for Trubisky. I'm going Garoppolo to Pittsburgh along with the draft pick. And uh, I, I, I would put Trubisky in Indianapolis. If I had to bet right now, I'd say Garoppolo to Indy, Trubisky to Pittsburgh. What do you think? Huh? I still think Indy's going to make a trade. I think that I, I, I mentioned yesterday I would be looking Kirk Cousins' way. I don't, and that's not well, saying that's the, not the saying tra- the trade would be Garoppolo also if they got him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, you're you saying put him Pittsburgh in that. though is what you're saying. I'm, I'm just looking the landing yeah, spot I, for Trubisky. I'm saying, He's saying Trubisky. I'm saying Indy. Trubisky to Pittsburgh, Garoppolo to Indy. I went the other way, and I, I still, I would still knock on the door of of Kirk Cousins, and that's not to say that Minnesota's trading him away with their new head coach, but I, I would see what O'Connell uh, is willing to do and what they, you have a chance in Minnesota to pair a young quarterback with your guy now. So, um, and it's only a one year deal left. If you're going to get something for Cousins, now's the time, because you're moving on as an organization after this. You would think. Um, and Indy's got the cap space in order to do it. They're not known for making the big-time payday move, right? But that, to me, that makes the most sense for a, for a team that needs to compete in the AFC for a wild-card spot Indy, at, Indy, at worst. Whether, no matter what Indy does at quarterback, Indy has got to spend money this go-round. Right. They've got a lot of money. Their fan base is restless. Their owner's been expressed yes. that he's pissed off and he wants to make the fan base happy. He can't do all that talk. This is on Ursay now, the part I'm talking about. It's not on Ballard, and it's not on Reich. It's on Ursay. If Ursay doesn't open the purse strings and say, let's spend a good share of this huge money that we have to supplement whatever quarterback we get here, to be more of a go-for-it team here, it's on him. All right? yeah. They blew the quarterback move and all of that, and they'll do whatever they do at quarterback. But they've got serious deficiencies at quarterback beyond cornerback beyond Kenny Moore, uh, at left tackle where I think they've decided not to go with Eric Fisher, and and particularly at wide receiver. And they need to make splash moves at those positions to get even with the Titans and to become a, a team that can contend in the AFC for anything. And it's time to spend, boys. Well, I'm going to ask Dan about that. And it, it, they've got to. I think that the decree is out there from Ursay to make it to, to get it done. I I think there are two. It's not their style, but it's two, time to change style. Two outliers that no one's mentioning for quarterback that I think we could see make a move, and they're dependent on trading the guy they already have in place. Miami's one of them with Tua. I don't know how you go into that and think uh, let's let's start the rebuild or the restructuring of our way of thinking here with an offensive-minded coach and sticking with the quarterback. And maybe they go through the draft. I just, they can't feel settled there. There's no way that they feel okay with it. And I wonder, you know, about a Trubisky there, for instance. The other one's Houston. Because if they trade Watson, they immediately have tons of cap space available for 2022. And while they want to talk all this Davis Mills stuff, that's fine. But you also need that Terod Taylor type guy 
And I, I think they could be in the mix for a Trubisky-like player on a short-term deal. I feel like the move with Watson. They've got to move him, one, though, to do it. Yeah, and I think that that move, though, would, in return, give you one of those bridge guys. And they may, they may just be, right. based on the timing of it, they may not have the ability to do it and get in in, in time for next week. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, just, I haven't heard people mention Houston because they think they're just running it back and tanking again. And I, I just don't know how you don't try a little bit harder if you can move Watson off the books. That's the key. Uh, beyond that, New Orleans and Seattle come to mind. So, but again, all, all of these teams are raising the price for Mitchell Trubisky. We're not, we're not discussing uh, the other free agents. We're not discussing trades anymore. Just it's now, think. you know, who's hitting free agency. And think of him a year ago. I mean, a year ago, yeah. kicked out of, of Chicago. He was a punchline. Yeah, pu- absolute punchline. And I mean, this is another guy. You know, I, I'm not feeling too overly sympathetic. He got a first-round contract and all of that. But he was overdrafted. That's not his fault. That, that's Ryan Pace's fault, first and foremost, who just I mean, misevaluated. He was uh, and could have had a savior caliber guy. Now, does he do the same? Pick. Does he do the same stuff to Sean Watson if he's drafted correctly by Chicago? Does he get in the same trouble there and give them the same headache? Well, it's not even Watson. It's it's Mahomes. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Mahomes and Watson. Yeah. In that I draft. mean, but think how bad a draft pick that is to take Trubisky. I think they traded up to get that spot, and they draft Trubisky with Mahomes and Watson well, it, on the it team. Is, it is part of his perception. If he was drafted in the second round right, and he became the fun. starter with the Bears, well, he wouldn't be a punchline. Yeah. He st- may still not be the starter for the Bears. No, but it would have been f- a fine pick. Yeah. He just has to be drafted behind those two other guys. Hit one us more up on, cu- go ahead. Sorry, one more cut in Tennessee. Titans have given up. On third-round draft pick from a couple of years ago, Darrington Evans, who could never stay healthy. But wouldn't it cost them a great deal to bring him to camp? So this tells you Deontay Foreman and uh, Dontrell Hilliard are guys that they want to keep, and they're done with another third-round of gun to waste. And also, this just goes back to what I say. First off, why would you ever mess with a running back who can't stay healthy? And don't invest that high unless it is a truly special player. And I'm saying even third round high. Bad pick. Dante Foreman was unemployed, and the guy came in and was good for the tie. There's so many running backs out there you can get at such value. I would never invest much in the running back position. Also, quick congrats to Iowa, who in the Big Ten tournament today broke an all-time tournament record with 19 threes and 42 made field goals. They won 112 to 76 over Northwestern. That Iowa team can light it up. That is a fun offensive team to watch. It's a lot of play. Well, that's an all-time Big Ten tournament record today. Coming up, Armando Salguero joins us. Time to talk some NFL headlines. We'll ask him about the quarterback carousel and all the trades that have been ongoing recently, including Wilson to Denver, Wentz to Washington, and more. Armando's next, so now kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. 
and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Outkick 360 rolls on with our friend and colleague, Outkick.com's Armando Salguero joins us. Armando, I was going to dinner last night. And uh, my wife, Claire, said, you know who my favorite guest is on your show? I wow. said, what an upset. I said, who? And she said, Armando Salguero. Your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> Sweet victory. No problem. I expect that uh, it won't bounce this time. <laughs> you know, if it does, I'll get her next time. <laughs> hey, um, Russell Wilson to Denver. On surface, on the surface level, I was asked about this, about what Denver gave up. And I think initially on paper, I was like, man, this is a massive trade for Russell Wilson. But in regards to winning and winning now, that's the move they had to make. And to me, whatever that trade is worth on paper, to me, it looks good for Denver more so than Seattle. What do you think? I think that you have to measure the Russell Wilson trade versus the dynamic of what is the Super Bowl birth worth to you, or at least the chance of a Super Bowl birth. There is no other quarterback on the market right now or when Denver made the trade that was going to make the Denver Broncos a Super Bowl contender other than Russell Wilson. And so, therefore, that's where they're at now. There is no price too high for that. They are they know more they know more than anyone what it's worth when you sign a player like a Russell Wilson because they went ahead and signed Peyton Manning and everything changed for them. All of a sudden there are free agency landing spot for people that want to go win Super Bowl rings. So that's what the Denver Broncos are going to be starting next week when free agency begins. All of a sudden, you are relevant. All of a sudden, they're going to go to the playoffs. They they play in arguably the toughest division in the NFL, and they're going to go to the playoffs. And the last couple of years, this is a team that fired its general manager, fired its head coach, because they – didn't go to the playoffs and they were under 500. So it changes the entire franchise for the Denver Broncos. And the fact that they gave up Noah Fant, the fact that they gave up, you know, a couple of first round draft picks, I think that most Denver fans and obviously the Denver front office with George Payton leading the way, they're, they're thinking, it's pretty much worth it if we get where we want to be. 
Armando, I think you laid out the Denver side of this beautifully. What does this move say about Seattle and where they're headed and what they're doing and what the plan is in the Pacific Northwest? It means that Pete Carroll and and the general manager, uh, John Schneider, better be magicians able to put pull rabbits out of their hat because they are automatically now seemingly in rebuild mode, especially with the fact that on the same day that they agreed to trade Russell Wilson, they also informed Bobby Wagner, their eight-time Pro Bowl middle linebacker and the leader of their defense, that he's being released. And he has, in fact, been released. And every team in the NFC West is interested in him. That's how good he is. So... The Seattle Seahawks, very surprising because their head coach is 71 years old. And I wouldn't think him to be, uh, let's rebuild and maybe we'll come back in, in two or three or four years type of guy. But that's where they're headed unless they have an incredible upset move up their sleeve like Deshaun Watson or something of that nature. Heading to Indianapolis, uh, the Colts purged themselves of Carson Wentz. Uh, they still made a bad deal to bring him in. They minimized the damage. They're not paying any more money for him, but they're not getting that first rounder back, which makes it hard to go get the next guy. Given the resources they have, who are you imagining they are replacing him with? Uh, it's hard to fathom who they might go out there and get, Paul. Um, there are some rumors today about Derek Carr. I didn't know Derek Carr was available. Yeah, he'd be terrific. If, if Derek Carr is available, uh, he makes sense to Indianapolis. Um, of course, that would mean that Las Vegas then would be looking for a quarterback, and that would mean maybe Jimmy G because of his ties to Josh McDaniels. Uh, there will be people that will say, oh, that makes perfect sense because Tom Brady will go there. But missing the Derek Carr scenario, Indianapolis is in, is in trouble. And they, you know, they don't have an obvious upgrade that is going to be available. We talked about it last week. Is Mitchell Trubisky better than Carson Wentz? I don't know that he is on the field. Obviously, the Colts saw something in Carson Wentz, I think, both on the field late in the season and off the field that they did not like. And now that's two teams that have seen similar, including Frank Wright, who was a believer in Carson Wentz. So good luck to Carson Wentz in Washington. Um, This is your last chance, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> because if you wash out there, you're going to be a backup for life after you, this. You mentioned Mitchell Trubisky. He, he'd gone from a punchline a year ago to uh, what seems likely to be a hot commodity next week. Um, he wasn't terrible in Chicago. He's on a terrible team. How he's, There's still hope connected to him. We don't know exactly what he is. What are you expecting next week? with him and how attractive he is given the options that are out there. He wants to be an NFL starter. And so 
that's what his representatives will try to make happen. And I got to tell you, there's no shortage of teams that are looking for starters. And so my guess is that rather than having to come in and compete, like say with the New York Giants, with Daniel Jones under his old, uh, you know, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dayball, I think Mitchell Trubisky probably finds a place where he can start. Having said that, that's what his agents are saying. That's what he's hoping. If you're asking fake GM Mondo, if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a good NFL starter at any point, I don't see it. I, I, I really didn't love him coming out of North Carolina. And I didn't love him, obviously, in Chicago. And now all of a sudden, the guy barely plays and he's great again. It, it's not, I don't think that's a statement about Mitchell Trubisky. I think that's a statement about the market just so hungry for a quarterback that might be the answer that it's really reaching. Any indication whatsoever that the Dolphins could be in the mix for any of these potential tradable quarterbacks like a Jimmy G? Um, and if not, are they? what type of veteran guy are they looking for to pair with Tua? Yeah, they're looking for a veteran guy who will play when Tua gets hurt. And I say when because his rookie year, he got hurt. His second year, he got hurt. At Alabama, his senior year, or rather his final year, his junior year, he got hurt. So the history starts to tell you that even if it's not you know, a terrible injury, there will be times when the Dolphins will be without Tua Tonga Vailoa. Are they looking for someone to replace him? No. Should they be? Yes. <laughs> uh, he is an unproven, at this point, an unproven commodity. Could he be elite? I asked general manager Chris Greer that question last week at the Indianapolis Combine. And the answer he gave was not yes. And that's the only answer you should be giving if you believe in a quarterback that you drafted number five overall and you're not bringing in uh, a legitimate com uh, competitor to possibly take his place. And yet that wasn't his answer. So... I brought this up yesterday, Armando, but we're talking about all these possible quarterbacks and possible destinations and fixes for different franchises at the quarterback position. And the elephant in the room is Deshaun Watson and, and what's going to happen there. Because we go through this list of Jameis Winston and Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota or drafting a quarterback, and oh, there's this top five guy that's out there that is going to get traded, but we don't know his legal standing. It, is it only going to be safe to start to speculate about a trade partner with the Texans when this gets cleared up to some extent? Or do you think teams are out there contacting the Texans, seeing if they can get something on the cheap right now, knowing that everything's not resolved and that he's probably going to face a long suspension? Right. So the reason he wasn't traded last year for sure was not because of the legal problems. It was because Deshaun Watson 
has a no trade clause and he gets to pick where he goes. Otherwise, he'd probably be uh, with another team right now because multiple teams contacted the Texans offering to trade for Deshaun Watson without there being a legal resolution to his status. I think that continues to be the case. I've been told that, that continues to be the case, but also Deshaun Watson picking and choosing where he wants to go continues to be the case. Armando Salguero, our guest on Outkick 360. What did you make of the Rodgers contract earlier this week? I mean, that's we've buried that news with the, the cycle of the NFL, the, the 24-hour or tweet-to-tweet news cycle of the NFL. Rodgers back. They franchise tag Devontae Adams. And now we watch as not just the Packers, but all these teams try to get beneath the, 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 the ceiling of the NFL salary cap before the start of the, the new league year. Right. So the Packers will sign Aaron Rodgers to an extension. It's going to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. And no one in Green Bay thinks that that's a bad deal because everyone in Green Bay recognizes that had Aaron Rodgers decided, I don't want to be here and I'll play for less elsewhere, the Green Bay Packers would thus be off the map of NFL elite teams. Uh, They would be also Rams. But because he decided he wants to come back to Green Bay and be the highest paid player in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers are, are, are an NFC uh, contender for their Super Bowl berth. What's that worth to you? We're going back to the Russell yep. Wilson conversation. What is competing for a Super Bowl and being a legitimate, serious contender for that spot worth? It's worth everything, everything, everything. Wondering about what your expectations are for the Steelers. Kevin Colbert retiring as GM after this draft. Steelers, very draft-built team. Not a great draft for quarterbacks. He said differently, though. Do you think his parting shot here is to draft one of these guys? It sounds like they like Willis. Uh, You think he manipulates to get Willis and leave the franchise to grow with him? Or could you see them straying from their usual course and getting involved in one of these not terrific veterans? Someone in the Steelers organization told me, Paul, that uh, Kevin Colbert, his parting shot, wants to be leaving the the, the Steelers with a, an elite franchise quarterback. That wouldn't be Malik Willis, I don't believe. Uh, it could be, but not anytime soon. And so... We spoke about the Sean Watson earlier. That makes kind of sense. I think that Mike Tomlin would pretty much get the Sean Watson right. If the Sean Watson needs to be gotten right. And based off of what we've heard, he needs to be gotten right. So I think that makes sense. Uh, Kenny Pickett, if you're looking at the draft, The guy trained 50 yards to the left in the same building, basically. So, yeah, that's the guy that I would look for with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
if they go with the draft. But I still think that they're going to try to the Hail Mary move, and we'll see what that is. Armando, do you think Green Bay is willing to trade Jordan Love, or is he so inexpensive on a rookie deal that he actually fits their salary cap mold right now and how they're structured? Yeah, I can't tell you definitively, John. Um, uh, it, here's the problem. Depends on the that, offer, of uh, course. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta understand. We're when we're talking about the quarterback carousel, it's always well. This guy goes here. You know, Derek Carr goes to Indianapolis. Well, what about Las Vegas? Well, Jordan Love goes somewhere. Uh, well. What about the backup spot in Green Bay? It, there aren't enough of those guys. And I'm not thinking that anyone really wants to trade for Jordan Love to have him come in and be a starter because, frankly, uh, he's had a couple of opportunities last year. Started against Kansas City. He played a lot against Detroit. It, it didn't look great. It wasn't – it wasn't – suggestive of, of, I'm ready, pick me. Armando, add one more name to the quarterback carousel. Adam Schefter, less than an hour ago, tweeted out, Colin Kaepernick is still working out and is said to be, in the words of one source, quote, in the best shape of his life. He wants to play. He's ready to play. He would be a great fit for teams with quarterback vacancies who want to win a Super Bowl. Your thoughts, Armando, on Colin Kaepernick leading a team to a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. That is like, what agent wrote that tweet? Well, that's uh, the source. The source has got to be the agent, right? One source said it's in the best shape of his life. Colin Kaepernick himself. Uh, so Colin Kaepernick is 34 years old, hasn't played a down of football in six years. I watched the little um, snippet that uh, Shefty tweeted. The, the workout film. Looked kind of thick to me and not exactly moving very fast. So other than that, he's absolutely <laughs> ready to lead a team to a Super Bowl, even though he's never, you know, uh, a Super Bowl win, right? Even though he's never done that before in his career. Armando Salguero, follow him on Twitter. It's really easy to find. Just search his name, Armando Salguero, on Twitter and read his great work at outkick.com. Armando, thank you as always. We look forward to this each and every Thursday. Thank you, guys. Armando, I'm in the best shape of my life, I swear. <laughs> sources say. That source is me. We're all ready. So sources say. We are all ready to contend um, for Super Bowls. We, uh, we worked on a little promo video today. Had a little working out in the promo oh, video. Yeah. We need to put in a promo. We're heaving them up. We need Here, to put a uh, workout video Here's together. one thing for you that I meant to mention yesterday. And this completely depends, too, I think, on what the Packers think of Kirk Ben Kirk or Danny Etling, their third and fourth quarterbacks last season, respectively. But in terms of Jordan Love, do you know who the Packers traded up to get in front of to draft Jordan Love? I do not remember. The Indianapolis Colts. Ballard. They thought Ballard liked Jordan Love. Just a seed to plant there. Should there be Jordan Love movement, somebody that liked them coming out, the Colts. It's just so inexpensive Colts, right now. Colts compared, are, maybe compared not as to they won, right? Maybe as their, their second guy. Colts are playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers <laughs> if they end up trading for Jordan Love. 
and he goes on to be a star. Coming up, uh, some other headlines. We'll give you some updated scores from the SEC tournament, and we're just around the corner from Dan Dockich talking all types of college hoops and Colts and more news on OutKick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Another big trade in the NFL. This from uh, Schefter, the Bears, trying to finalize a trade that will send six-time Pro Bowl defensive end Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers. That uh, coming down from ESPN. So NFC to AFC. Yeah. Lowing. Uh, there's the Chargers making a big-time move. Mack is always uh, an enforcer on the field and a guy you have to game plan for. He's excellent. And so is Bosa. And this would pair both of those dudes together on defense. I don't know when this good quarterbacks around. I don't know when this discussion started, but what an unbelievable alpha move by the Chargers to be surrounded now by Russell Wilson as of this week in your division and Patrick Mahomes, and you have a great young quarterback and say, you know what, we're going to go get a quarterback destroyer on defense and do everything we can to trade to affect these other quarterbacks around us. Now they have to stop the run. That that's their other big problem, but I mean that's a I just love in, in alpha in, move. You're right. In theory, if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. That's a that's a big time move. That's a we're we're here to stay. It didn't go well at the end of the season for us. We didn't make the playoffs, but we want to be a player for a long time in this division. Well, and that's I mean that division is stacked. Right. I mean, at quarterback alone, it's stacked. But now you start adding in Khalil Mack one of the best defensive players in football on top of another one in, in Bosa, uh, Joey Bosa, and then looking at what they have to offer with some young talent on offense. And that's just scratching the surface of what that division's about. I wonder, I, I'm, I'm, it's certainly not the best, like there have been great divisions in terms of top two quarterbacks before and maybe three. Four deep, I, I wonder if that could challenge for the best division of, of all time. It Before could. things are said and done. I mean, usually you've got one team that's rebuilding that has a scrub or a rookie. Well, what, where, do, where are the Chargers drafting? Because 19th, the, I think. So they're going to give that up yeah. um, to Chicago. And, and they'd been mocked Jordan Davis a lot, who would have done a lot to help their, their run stopping. Getting someone better. Problem. Yeah. Getting someone better. They're, they're rushing the passer instead. And he can stop the run. But they, they do need a plugger in the middle, and they'll find one. Uh, another buzzer beater. Miami wins at the buzzer in their tournament, Jack. I'm playing this for you so you can watch yeah. it as we're doing this. So Boston College, who, who had a, a big upset yesterday, they were 13th in the ACC so tied coming at 69. in. Tied at 69. They had the last shot. They shoot it with about seven, eight seconds left. Miami gets it. This is evidence for the don't call timeout to try to set something up. Yep. In a mad scramble, throw it to a point guard, almost gets stolen, spins out of that, 
Point guard lobs it over the head of Boston College for a wide-open lefty layup as the buzzer sounds. Gets completely behind the defense. Boston College scrambling, trying to get a last shot up in a tie game. And instead, it's the Miami Hurricanes winning it at the buzzer. The lights turn turn red on the backboard at the buzzer as the ball hits the backboard on the left-handed layup. Oh, Beautiful yeah, you play. Gotta, two, two things happen here. One is the guy at the top of the key, I have no idea what he's doing for Boston College. He moves towards the guy with the ball and doesn't just sprint back, knowing there's four seconds left, and all you can do, you can't do, is not give up a layup or wide-open shot on the other end. Um, he's going to watch that film and be very angry with himself when he sees that. Yeah, not but an amazing well finish. defensively at all. Well, you can see the guy's kind of drifting, and he's not sprinting back, and he's the last line of defense for Boston College, and that's how – Miami gets the layup. Earlier today, Indiana knocked off Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Jawan Howard's first game back as head coach since his five-game suspension. Uh, Michigan's out of that tournament. Indiana moves on. Duke avoids an upset in the ACC tournament where uh, Syracuse held tough and Duke closed it out late. And uh, in the SEC tournament down in Tampa, Texas A&M wins at the buzzer in overtime. Point four left on the clock when the ball went through the hoop, and they win by three A&M over Florida. So the Gators are sent packing, and they will not make the NCAA tournament. They were at best a bubble team going into the SEC tournament, and they, they needed to win a couple of games. Uh, right now, LSU's blowing out Missouri, uh, and no surprise on that score. Uh, last I checked, it was double digits by a mile. And as I scroll up, it is, uh, well, it's, it's within, within 20 now. It's now 63-45 with about six minutes to play in regulation. Right now, Lenardi has A&M in the next four out. So would still need to win against Auburn would probably put them in. Also, with that Syracuse loss, Jim Beheim's been the head coach at Syracuse since 1976. That is his first losing season ever. Wow. And it's a team that features multiple sons of his. In the starting lineup. Coincidence? That is a lesson for not playing your kids. LSU's going to move on and, and take on Arkansas tomorrow. Uh, that'll follow Auburn and Texas A&M. In the final hour of today's show, we're going to preview South Carolina and Mississippi State, Alabama and Vandy, and we look ahead to the weekend to come in the SEC and across college basketball. Dockage is next.